The college football playoff committee has spoken. Alabama liked what they had to say. Florida State did not. 13-0 was not enough to get Florida State into the college football playoff. Alabama's upset of Georgia in the SEC championship gave them the catapult they needed to get to the four seed. And so the field is set. And, of course, there's a lot of folks not happy about it. Welcome into SEC Football Unfiltered, our podcast from the USA Today Network. I'm Blake Topmeyer with John Adams. John, we're going to get into what we thought our four best teams were, which, by the way, spoiler alert, do not match the committee's four teams that they selected. But first, want to address the four teams that are in the field. I can't say I'm shocked, John, because Greg Sankey rules the sport. He is uh, the galactic overlord of college football. He was <laughs> politicking and peacocking his way around Saturday, acting like any any playoff without the SEC would just be a complete sham and a waste of time. And what was probably left unsaid was, um, if he and the SEC didn't get their way, mm, who knows what they might do. It was just a couple years ago, Greg Sankey was talking about the SEC staging its own playoff. Well, it didn't come to that because Sankey um, is is the guy in charge here and the committee serves at his feet and Alabama's in. That doesn't sit well with me, John. I don't, I don't have any problem with uh, what Alabama achieved this season. I think they deserve a lot of praise, a lot of credit for getting off the mat after their week two loss to Texas. And in a normal year, I think Alabama would have done enough to get in the playoff, but this isn't a normal year. There are three undefeated Power 5 champions. I think those three teams played their way in. Yes, Jordan Travis got injured, the star quarterback for FSU. Florida State's been winning without him. Need defense to do it, but they're still winning. So I think those three 13-0 should be in, and then it becomes a debate of Texas or Alabama. They're both 12-1. and They're both conference champions. Texas won the head-to-head. I think Texas should have gotten the last spot and, and at the expense of Alabama. What say you? Well, I, I do have a problem with the team doing what Florida State did, and then you say, well, you can't be in the playoff because your quarterback's out. Listening to uh, the 500,000 ESPN talking heads during the course of Sunday afternoon, I was I liked what Dan Mullen said. Uh, and I'm hesitant to give too much credit to coaches or former coaches, but he talked about you watch a team play and you think that's the best team. But then what you think is the best team goes out and it loses a game. And Georgia-Alabama game, I thought Georgia was the best team. I still think if they played seven times, Georgia would win the majority of the games, but Alabama, to his credit, won and deserves all the credit for that. But my point is, you just don't know until they play the game, and you can say, well, Florida State can't win without their quarterback. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I I just don't. You just can't tell until they play the game. I think Florida State has a lot of strengths, a lot of balance, is good in a lot of areas. Yeah, it probably wouldn't do as well. Uh, I wouldn't expect it to. I would certainly, if it played Alabama, I would favor Alabama. But the main thing that impressed me about the selection process, not this just this year, but in the past too, is it's almost the committee picks its teams 
and we talked about this off air, the committee picks its teams and it tells you why here's the criteria we use to pick that team and put it there. Yeah. The goalposts always seem to move. Yeah. And then, so then they go far East and say, well, we put this team third because of this and we left this team out because of that. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of hypocrisy going on and, <laughs> A lot of contradictory selections with this process. The one that just took the took the cake for me, John. That is just like, what are we even doing here? Like, you're better off saying nothing than this answer. Boo Corgan, the playoff selection committee chair on ESPN, said, "Well, we we had the conversation about who would a team not want to play yeah. in the playoff. That's the first time I ever heard that criterion. I asked Boo about that. I mentioned that I didn't see that anywhere in the uh, playoff selection rules." <laughs> and Boo said, well, no, it's not a rule, but that's just a conversation we had. And I never heard that mentioned before. And, and frankly, if that's if that's the standard for determining the playoff teams, well, just go ahead and start the year with Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State in the playoff. Because if you poll coaches about who they don't want to face, I feel pretty strongly that those three teams uh, annually are going to be uh, kind of at the head of that conversation, given all the NFL level talent those those teams perennially possess. So, yeah, if you're going to do it for uh, play that standard, why why stop at Alabama? You know, <laughs> just just run it on down the line. Who would you rather face, uh, Washington or Georgia? If we're being honest here, I think a lot of coaches would say they'd rather face Washington. Okay, Georgia's in. Would you rather face uh, Texas or Ohio State? Right. I mean, that's the problem with these arguments. And as you said, with Dan Mullen pointing out, you know, that's the problem with who are the quote unquote best teams. Well, the ha- the crystal ball can be pretty hazy and it's been pretty hazy this season. D- Alabama was a touchdown favorite in Tuscaloosa, lost to Texas. Oregon, all the so-called pundits thought they were going to win the rematch against Washington. I guess that includes us. We thought Oregon would win the rematch with Washington. Well, Washington won. And so they played their way in. Florida State won all 13 times they stepped out on the field. Yes, they lost their star quarterback. Other teams have lost their quarterbacks before and gotten into the playoff. I think what it came down to, John, was push came to shove, and it was either leave the SEC out or leave out undefeated Florida State. And the committee was terrified, terrified at the thought of what might happen if they left the SEC out. I mean, you think the reaction from Mike Norvell and Florida State and a few Florida lawmakers was intense? Imagine the blowback from Greg Sankey, the mighty SEC, and Alabama if the S- if the SEC champ had been left out. I mean, it would it would dwarf this times a hundred, I think. Yeah, and well, Georgia got left out. I mean. Georgia has a legitimate beef. And then again, it gets back to what we're talking about. Boo Cargan, who looked like he was probably uh, shepherded out there at gunpoint. Okay, here's what we decided. You got to go make sense of this to the the national media, which I thought was very kind to him. Very kind. Uh, And it's questioning on ESPN, at least. So, yeah, again, you're talking about the four best teams. Do you really think then if that's the standard, why was Georgia behind Florida State? Do you really think Florida State would be Georgia with its third string quarterback? You said Florida State can't make the playoff because it doesn't have its quarterback. But 
It can still be ahead of Georgia, even though it doesn't have its quarterback. I mean, what kind of sense does it make? So they just come up with these different criteria. And as you brought out, which team wouldn't you want to play? <laughs> That's a very subjective question. I mean, let's just play, put the teams into a simulator and spit out the champion. Why even bother to play the games? And, and that's part of the problem here is, right, it, for years, college football has always held up the sanctity of its regular season at the expense of its playoff, at the expense of its postseason. College football's never had the best postseason because they've valued the sanctity of the regular season results, and, and they've been determined to make the regular season matter. And that's the way it's always been. Up until this year, when it came time to leave the SEC out of the playoff for the first time ever, they decided the regular season didn't matter so much anymore. Florida State's 13-0 and record didn't matter so much. I think that's a dangerous game to play, though, when you confront the reality that the regular season doesn't matter anymore. That, that's a dangerous message, I think, to send to college football fans. Well, let's... Let's put another school in Florida State's position. What if Alabama had been 13-0? Now, I know it plays probably harder schedule in Florida State because it's in the SEC, but just for, for hypothetical purposes, if Alabama would have been 13-0, but Jalen Milrow had gone down with an injury, I mean... And, we, and we've seen Alabama's backup seen, quarterbacks. Yeah, South Florida was hanging with it. It was a 17-3 game back in September. Uh, yeah, so you know what you're getting there. Uh, what if Michigan? What if Michigan, the number one team now, according to the committee, J.J. McCarthy goes down in a win over Ohio State? Do you really think Michigan would have been left out? I don't. I don't either, because they make up the rules as they go. Um, and, and one of the reasons we heard from Boo Corgan as to why Florida State was left out. Well, you know, they didn't have much passing offense against Louisville. Well, um, first of all, Brock Glenn won't be the quarterback for Florida State on January 1st. The backup, Tate Rodemaker, will be back. And Rodemaker wasn't great, but he was better against Florida than Brock Glenn was against Louisville, and Florida State managed to win anyway. But number two, um, Michigan, remember what they did through the air against Penn State? Uh, not not a lot. They didn't even bother to throw the ball in the second half. They threw for 60 yards in that victory. So wait a second. Is winning with defense impressive or is it not impressive? And to your point, if Georgia had gone out Saturday in Atlanta and won that game against Alabama in a defensive struggle, let's say 16 to 6, and Carson Beck would have got hurt in the process, broken his leg horrifically like Jordan Travis did, you know Georgia would have been in the playoff. Not only would they be in the playoff, it would have. they would have been one of the top two seeds. And it would be different to me, John. This isn't an anti-SEC take. You and I make our living covering this conference. And I think in most years, the SEC is the best conference. But I don't know that it is this year. The non-conference results would suggest otherwise. It has not been a banner year for the SEC. And it would also be different if Florida State was hiding behind some soft scheduling. Now, the ACC wasn't as strong as it's been in certain years this year either. Head-to-head, -head, it had a winning record, though, against the SEC. Also, Florida State did the one thing we beg of these teams to do. They went out and scheduled real non-conference opponents. 
They beat LSU in a neutral site game in the opener. They go into the swamp, beat Florida. They're 2-0 and against the SEC. They're 11-0 and against Power 5 opponents. I just have a hard team when, a time when, when a team does everything you ask of them and they suffer one injury and they have to start winning with defense. You're going to keep that team out that went out and scheduled two SEC teams, neither one of them at home, 11-0 and against Power 5s in a year where the SEC is not as it's at its strongest. Stinks for the SEC, would have stunk for Alabama, but I think they got this one wrong. Well, when you start talking about injuries and who can't play and how that affects their their status with the committee, it's a really slippery sh- slope. What, what if you look at Georgia through the same lens and say, okay, Brock Bowers played, but he's clearly not 100% coming back from that injury. Lad McConkey played, but he's had lower back problems. He had, I think he, he had a leg injury too. He's not 100%. I mean, nobody's – and Georgia lost its uh, All-American linebacker. Uh, so where do you draw the line? If you lose your two starting safeties and they're good players, all-conference caliber players, you lose both of them in a game, well, does that drop you down a notch? See, the committee sets these criterias, the criteria. They list it, and it sounds good until until you actually apply it to a real-life situation. And then it's like, oh, we didn't think about that. No, you didn't. I'd have more respect for it, John, if they just admitted, you know what, guys, the SEC has an auto bid. We don't call it that, but we've all known they've always had an auto bid, so let's be real here. They automatically get a team. I'd have more respect for it if you just came out and admitted it. You See, know. they won't say that. The SEC's won 13 of the past 17 national championships. How, I mean, as a voter, don't you kind of have to think about that? You're not supposed to, but they clearly do. You're not do. supposed to, but how can you yeah. ignore it? Because all through, all 17 times we've gone in, I mean, I can remember way back in 2006, you go into the, you go into the, it was BCS national championship game. It wasn't a playoff. It was one game. Ohio state, I think was a seven point favorite over Florida. I mean, Ohio state was held as a, one of the great teams of all time. And Florida just went out there and beat it to death. Play after play. Uh, so you, you just, you know, you just don't know. And, and the, um, I look at Georgia and and say, okay, they get themselves in trouble. It'd be better if they just said, no comment. <laughs> Here are our four teams. We're not talking about it. <laughs> We're not taking any questions. These are four. We did the best we could. Here's what see we got. See you later. Yeah. Well, you know. We'll see you at the bar. We thought these would be good games to watch at the bar while we're sipping a couple of cold ones. We'll see you there. You guys they, order the wings. But they throw the bouquet and get he gets out. He they throw. I think. Well, like who wouldn't you want to play? Or yeah, it, I wouldn't want to play Georgia again. Why aren't they in the good playoff? Gosh. Uh, yeah, 
Nah, we, we, we could go round and round on this. We're, we're in agreement, John, that, that uh, we think they got the field wrong. Whether you think they got it right or not, probably uh, partially depends on your, your fandom. I know most Alabama fans I've heard from um, think that they should be in. And um, really, me saying I think they got the field wrong doesn't have the it, – it, it really is not a shot at Alabama – it's a um, tough situation, and, and I think the, the best thing to do would have been to leave out Alabama because Alabama hasn't always looked like one of the four best teams. They did against LSU. They did against Georgia. There's been a lot of other times this year, as recently as the Iron Bowl, where they didn't look like one of the four best teams. But they did on Saturday in Atlanta. Georgia helped them out with that. Georgia picked a bad time to have a sloppy game. I mean, penalty backed them up before the missed field goal off the upright. They gift-wrapped Alabama three points. Fortunate it wasn't more with the fumble on the end around inside the red zone. And um, I didn't think Georgia had a great game plan. Um, I think Alabama deserves some credit for that, though. After that opening drive, Alabama's defense was rock solid. I thought that secondary was much tougher than anything Carson Beck's gone against this year. The tackling and dominance of, of Alabama's defensive line up front really altered that game. And Jalen Milrow wasn't great, John, but when he needed to make big plays, he stepped up time and again. Um, you know, there was that time in the, in the fourth quarter on a third down, he bought himself time in the pocket and then flicked a little completion. I mean, that was channeling Bryce Young right there. I know he's like four inches taller than Bryce, but no. that was a play we've seen Bryce Young make time and again. And then he closed it out with his legs. He made the big throws when he needed to. He made the big runs when he needed to. It was really a vintage Alabama performance in a lot of ways. Their defense was very sound. They didn't commit any turnovers. Limited penalties. Didn't hurt themselves. And they had a quarterback who made clutch plays when the moment called for it, you know, we'd, we'd heard Nick Saban in the preseason kind of hint at wanting to get back to old school Alabama. I don't think Alabama is ever totally going to get back to old school Bama, but this did have some of the elements of like a throwback Bama performance. When you start thinking about some of those boxes they checked. Yeah, I agree. And when you look at Georgia and one twenty-nine straight games, you can't play 30 games and not have a few glitches along the way. And sometimes those occur at the most inopportune moments in the in the worst, very worst games. Uh, I thought the difference, what you cited with Jalen Milrow, that is what Stetson Bennett gave Georgia the past two seasons. Stetson Bennett had an ability, and it's not something you can coach or teach, of rising to the occasion, of making a play that's not scripted, uh, when things break down, he could scramble for yardage or he could he could make a, a pass you wouldn't expect him to make. He can do the unexpected. And Carson Carson Beck's a better pure passer than Stetson Bennett. If you line up, if they go through a NFL combine, I think Carson Beck might might surpass him. And I'm not I'm not knocking Stetson because Stetson Bennett was drafted himself. But he had that rare quality that some players have to rise to the occasion when the moment calls for it. And that's what Jalen Milrow did. He did it against Auburn with the 
miraculous fourth and 31 pass. You were mm-hmm. there for that game. You saw him doing that, and then you saw him do it again. I thought that was the play of the game, the one you referred to, was when he made that shovel pass. I mean, Tim Tebow used to make those kind of plays. These are the kind of plays that win that win championships. I think when you get into a playoff, or and this was, let's face it, this was like a college football playoff game. You, you've got two really good teams here. And you need something extra. You can't just map it out, do all your preparations, all your analytics, and and things go to form. You've got to have somebody make a play when you don't think a play is really there. And uh, that's what Jalen Milrow did. Was his performance impeccable? No. But when the moment demanded it, he, he delivered. So that, to me, I mean, you go back to last year. Ohio State, for most of that game against Georgia, looked like the better team. C.J. Stroud was the best quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the country on that day. And that was a great Ohio State team, better than this this year's Ohio State team. But what happened in that fourth quarter, Stetson Bennett made plays. Uh, Georgia came back, won the game, and it couldn't do that against Alabama. And Alabama made the plays. Yeah, this will be music to your ears, John, but you were right, I was wrong, because it was a couple weeks ago. Oh, I love hearing that. (laughs) Yeah, I knew you would. Um, (laughs) And and I thought I maybe wasn't quite as effusive in the praise of Stetson Bennett as you were, but I was pretty close. Uh, I, I thought his performance, particularly last year, was really special. He was good the year before. He was great last year. And yet I was so impressed with Carson Beck through 12 weeks. I thought he's going to have a career that's going to surpass even Stetson Bennett. Now, Carson Beck still had a very good season. I don't believe as we record this, he's announced his plans, but I presume he comes back for one more year next year and and gives another go and then heads off to the NFL. Maybe he wins a national championship next year. And I don't want to put it all on him, um, and I won't put it all on him. However, I think it kind of proves your point that you've been making about Stetson Bennett all along don't underestimate that, uh, you know, in, in the clutch moments, in the big game moments, what he could do that wasn't always quantifiable. You know, it, it, it you look down at the stat sheet and you see a oh, 12-yard run by the quarterback. You got to see it, you know, in, in the moment, in the context to know exactly what it meant. And, um, and Georgia didn't have that, and it wasn't just from the quarterback spot. I didn't think when they needed to make big plays – they didn't when Alabama needed to make the the big plays. They they did, and and you add on to that, Georgia made some uncharacteristic mistakes. I agree with you. If they played this game, you know, seven times, I think Georgia would win four or five out of the seven. But kind of goes back to my point on Florida State. They didn't play the game seven times, and the results have to matter. The results do matter. Alabama's your SEC champion. They uh, they they ruled the conference for the moment and the committee says they're going to the playoff but I want to spend a few minutes John on this whole best team situation because we've already unpacked and we don't need to rehash we don't agree with the committee's four teams however I think any way you slice it they got it wrong because even if we're applying applying the four best teams moniker I don't know exactly what that means it's a subjective label but uh, we all have our little rankings of who we think the best teams are. And I still think even by that lens, they got it wrong. 
And so I'm curious, John, who you think your four best teams are, regardless of what the rankings say, regardless of who you think should have made the playoff. If we're just doing this on four best teams, who's the four best teams right now? Well, this certainly goes against the grain, but I would have uh, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and Washington. You had Texas one, Alabama two, Georgia three, Washington four, or would you reshuffle? If I'm going strictly by best team, I would probably say Texas, number one. And Georgia, Washington, Alabama, I could go either way on that. Yeah, I'm leaving out the number one seed. I think a lot of this is image, and it gets back to what Dan Mullen says. We watch a team and we think that's the best team. And what did Michigan actually do? Not a whole lot. It, it beat Penn State, and Penn State's just what it's always been under it's James a, Franklin. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a better version of Iowa. Yeah, it's a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. It's going to beat most of the teams in the Big Ten, but it won't beat Ohio State and Michigan. So Michigan gets huge credit for beating Penn State. I think despite having teams, despite having sixty passing yards, but apparently that was fine in that game. Yeah, I I, th- I just think there are a lot of teams that would beat Penn State. I mean, you know, and uh, I'm not saying it's a bad team, but I'm just not saying it's almost like that game is a showdown. It's like Alabama versus Georgia or Michigan versus Ohio State. I don't see it that way at all, because what keeps happening, Alabama. And, I mean, Ohio State and Michigan keep beating Penn State. Okay, and then we go to the Ohio State game. Michigan wins that. But does anybody think this Ohio State team was as good as last season's team? No, and and if we're going on um, most deserving or whatever, I think Michigan's in, right? But if we're doing this purely based on how the committee suddenly claims it picks these four teams, the four best teams. This will be music to your ears again, John. I agree with you. I would have the same four teams. My four best teams right now are Texas, Georgia would be my number two. We're just going best teams now. We're not rewarding results. Best teams, Georgia, I would have number two. I would have Alabama three. Actually, I'd probably have Washington three, Alabama four although I could be talked out of it and and flip those the other way. Um, With Michigan, I'm not convinced, John, that this isn't going to be a repeat of the last couple years. Two years ago, Michigan beats Ohio State, gets in the playoff, and just get whacked by Georgia in the semifinals. Last year, everybody likes to have the conversation of, well, should TCU have actually been in the playoff? They They got destroyed by George in the championship. Well, we, we conveniently forget TCU beat Michigan in the semifinals. So it's two years in a row now. Michigan, you know, beats Ryan Day. They get into the playoffs. And, well, what's happened the last two years? They've got bounced in the first round. I don't know. They, they could be a paper tiger again. I think this is a good matchup for Alabama. I think Alabama can beat Michigan can get to the national championship. It will feel like vindication toward the committee. I don't really see it as that. Um, Cause as we said, if it's really about the four best teams, I think they got that wrong too. Georgia should be in the field. Um, but I think this is a matchup Alabama can win. I think we might be heading toward a rematch of Alabama, Texas for the national championship. 
Yeah, I think that's very possible. Um, it, yeah, you're right about the TCU. That that's significant. Everybody said, "Well, TCU didn't belong in the playoff." <laughs> Why don't you ask the same thing about Michigan? Michigan, maybe Michigan didn't belong in belong in the playoff last season, or the year before that when they got picked yeah. apart by Georgia in a yeah. semifinal. And so, what's so different about this team? I mean, at the at the start of the year. J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's quarterback, and you can't ignore the quarterback play. Heck, that's why Florida State's not in the in the playoff. So we're obviously putting a preponderance of uh, significance on quarterbacks. Which rather, which quarterback would you rather have in this playoff? You want J.J. McCarthy over Michael Penix of Washington? I don't think so. You want want him over Quinn Ewers of? Uh, Texas, no. Do you want him on J- over Jalen Milrow? No. He's not going to make that shovel pass. No. He, he's not going to run a, a 4-4-40 and just outrun a secondary like Milrow can. And, and my point is, if you're going to place that much credence on quarterback play, McCarthy was not playing that well down the stretch. And so that, to me, is significant. That's why I see all these teams – and. And when you suck, we go back to Boo Carnes, which team would you not want to play? Well, of these four, Michigan would be the team I wanted to play. Because <laughs> no if kidding. I, it, yeah. yeah. If I can stop that run game, what's Michigan going to do? You have a sort of a better version of Iowa. It, it's definitely better than Iowa. And it's got a, a great running back. It's got a great offensive line. It's got a really good defense. Yeah, I think I think Penn State's a better version of Iowa. I think Michigan, maybe the better comparison is they're a better version of Penn State. But yeah, but maybe I I'm just splitting think here. can and and we're talking about the Alabama matchup, but I I don't see anybody absolutely shutting Texas down offensively. That offense, when Texas lost a good running back and didn't even skip a beat, it just kept going. I just can't see Michigan hanging with those teams, but I'm sure Alabama is elated. It's almost as though Alabama won twice. It's almost as though it won twice. If Alabama could have picked the team it wanted to play, it would not have picked Texas or Washington. Already lost to Texas. Washington Washington is a high-powered offense, really good running back. Uh, really good receivers, I, and they I got just, a good defense too. And they've got, and it's got an underrated defense, I think. So yeah, if you if Alabama was picking opponent, they would have thought about it. Maybe Nick Saban would have thought about that uh, for two seconds and said, "Well, we'll we'll play Michigan. It's a great team, great tradition, great school, great program." But uh, I think it'll be a great game. It's a yeah. great matchup, and I think Alabama has kind of embraced this. Um, I don't know if it's quite to the level of like us against the world, but I, I think they've sort of relished not being the team with the target on their back as much this year. They've, I, I think they've enjoyed being in that role, and it suits the personality a little bit of this team of of being the hunter and not the hunted. Uh, they had their backs against the wall. Well, now they're going up against a team that's had the target on their back, both with the number one ranking and then with the situation they're in with the NCAA, and they've had the target on their back for weeks now. And any, any way you slice it, I, th- I think this is uh, kind of an ideal matchup for Alabama. We know our track record 
picking games. Prime means Michigan will win by four touchdowns, right? But no, truly, I I, I agree with you. I think this is about uh, about as good as you could have it if you're Alabama. John, um, I want to get into a couple of the other New Year's Six. Well, the other three New Year's Six games involving SEC teams, just your excitement meter for those games. But first, um, I've got a column on this coming out this week about the far-fetched possibility that we could have a split national champion back like the old days. You know, the AP, (laughs) they they don't have to award their championship to who wins the college football playoff. Now, that's never happened in the playoff era. You have to go back two decades to find the last split national champion. And even if Florida State beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl and does so pretty impressively, I don't think we're going to see a split national championship. However, there's 62 voters in that poll, John. I do think there's a possibility that even though Florida State, they're not going to win an AP national title, I think they could get some first-place votes. And so before we move on here, I'm wondering, you've had a ballot in the past. I've had a ballot in the past. You've voted in this multiple times, the AP poll. If you had a ballot this year, without knowing all how all the hypotheticals are going to fall, if, if Florida State were to beat Georgia in the Orange Bowl, would you give much consideration to them as maybe being a number one vote? Or uh, is that sort of uh, just something we sit around and talk about on podcasts in early December. No, I would give great consideration to that because my whole thing in, in voting in the poll was always not what a school's tradition was, not what it's done in the past, not how good it looked in the highlight videos, but who has accomplished the most. And so I would look at that as, Again, we're not talking about a playoff. We're talking about voting a team. Mm-hmm. If Florida State would have beat Georgia, it handled LSU with relative ease in the opener. And LSU is a really good SEC team. Bad defense, but incredible offense. Incredible offense. And Florida State's defense was up to that challenge. And its its defense uh, was up to the challenge when it beat Louisville in the ACC championship game. So I would look at, and also would consider the fact a win in the swamp with your second string quarterback and see, again, I'm not looking at the, Oh my God, it's got a second string quarterback. Oh no, it's got a third string quarterback. We can't put it in the plow. No, I'm looking, what did it accomplish? This team's so good that it could beat a 10 and two Louisville team with its number three quarterback. It's so good that it could beat Florida in a rivalry game in the swamp. And you know, that was a better version of Florida than what we saw for much of the season. It just was. Those oh, kinda... and, yeah. And the swamp shows up for Florida state. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that, matter what the record is. So they, those they are really good wins. And I don't care when it occurred. I mean, some people like to go, well, the teams are just starting. Well, both teams were just starting mm-hmm. in early September. I thought LSU was a playoff team. I thought it would be in the college football playoff. I thought it might challenge Georgia, might win the SEC as Alabama turned out winning. So I thought it was great in Florida State on a neutral field, how it handled that. So I would look at all how it handled LSU. I would look at all that and, yeah, there's a chance I might have voted Florida State a national champion because when you look at these teams – 
this is not a year where I see anybody as a super team. I kind of thought Georgia and maybe Ohio State last year, mm-hmm. even though Ohio State lost to Michigan with that quarterback, C.J. Stroud, and all those offensive weapons, man, that was a talented team. And, and I thought if Georgia's a dominant team in the year before when Georgia won, it starts, that team was even more dominant. You couldn't look at any area of that team and say, well, they're not that good there. They're good everywhere. So I don't see a super team in this playoff field. I mean, you look at the record, look what Alabama, I mean, it, lucky to beat Auburn. It barely beat Arkansas. Uh, Washington played one close game after another in the Pac-12. You break it down. We've already talked about, about Michigan. So, yeah, I just I think it would warrant consideration. I do, I do too, and, and I'm not saying I would automatically vote for him. I wouldn't. I, I don't think I would just automatically do it as a protest vote or something because I took my ballot seriously uh, when I when I had one. Um, so I, you know, I wouldn't just log a vote just out of spite. But if it was them versus a uh, versus a one loss champion, gives you something to think about. Now, if it's like undefeated Washington and Washington's fifteen and zero. They beat Oregon twice. They go out, win two playoff games. I don't know how I'm not voting for, say, 15 and 0 Washington at that. I point. agree, right? But I, th- I think there is a certain scenario in which I could see myself voting for Florida State. Now, of course, they have to beat Georgia and the Orange Bowl to even get in that conversation, and that segues us into these New Year's Six games, John. Uh, there's three of them that involve SEC teams. You have Georgia, Florida State. In the Orange Bowl, you have Ole Miss, Penn State in the Peach Bowl, and you have Ohio State, Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I want your one to five mm, spiciness scale, whatever you want to call it, your chili pepper meter, uh, or I guess the uh, easy version to say this is one to five, how excited are you about these games versus not, which five means you're really pretty excited. One means that uh, you don't even know whether you've watched so let's start with, since we've talked so much about Georgia and Florida State, let's start with Georgia, Florida State in the Orange Bowl. One to five, what's your, uh, what's your spiciness meter, your level of interest meter there? Well, you, you got to keep in, keep in mind, I watch just about everything. Not uh, especially so. if it involves a Pac-12 team. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, w- I would look at that game. I would be very curious about it. So, I won't give it a five because I'm not sure how many guys might opt out. But I'm really curious just to see how both teams will handle being in a secondary bowl. It's New Year's Six, but it's secondary to the playoff. In both of these teams, when the season started, and even when the season ended, they thought, well, we should be in the playoff because we're for whatever reason, uh, Georgia probably thought it will. We're still the best team, and you know, Florida State would say, "Look at our record." So that would keep me. I would be very intrigued by that game. So, what are you giving it a four, four and a half, four, four and a half, four and a half? That's yeah. a number I had in my mind because of what could be at stake here. Um, not because Florida State's going to be the AP national champion. We're not trying to push that as a as a probability, but because they could snag some number one votes and just the, the controversy that could cause if they were to win and then vice versa, if Georgia wins, yeah, they didn't get their three peat, uh, but they bounce back against Alabama. Um, and it makes you kind of wonder mm, what could have been 
And I guess I'm just kind of curious too. See, we don't know how many guys will opt out true, but that Florida state defense, how do they match up against Carson Beck and, and George's offense? I think it'll be a real test. You know, it'll, it'll test the idea of is Florida state sort of masquerading as a good team because in the aftermath of Jordan Travis, or are they still a really, really, really good team that just lost its quarterback and is not quite so good as they once were. So yeah, I'd, I'd give that one four and a half. I'm pretty interested to, to watch that. How about Ole Miss Penn State in the Peach Bowl? Second New Year's Six appearance in a three-year span for Ole Miss. Speaks to uh, where that program is under Lane Kiffin and how quickly it got there. It wasn't that long ago when it was fairly irrelevant under Matt Luke. So Penn State, Ole Miss, your excitement meter. I would say a five. I love these SEC Big Ten matchups, but I look at this the same way. It's an established a power in Penn State, great tradition in Ole Miss, which was a national powerhouse in the late 50s and early 60s, uh, but it's had some success. And I really like it. It's kind of the stodgy, mundane uniforms of Penn State against <laughs> all the glitz and glamour of a Lane Kiffin coach team. Yeah, it really um, is a con- contrast here, right? Like James Franklin versus Lane Kiffin. I keep going, yeah. Those I, I white just, helmets with nothing on them, Penn State versus yeah. uh, the Land Sharks or whatever mascot they're calling themselves on, on a given I, I, day from Ole Miss. <laughs> I know. It, it's like, yeah, Penn State is a generic college football team. You mm-hmm. just Create a you, team. Yeah, here here it is. Uh, no names. Uh so I'm intrigued by that matchup, and I think it's uh, – I think because of its Big Ten and, and SEC, there there is a rivalry there because you look at it, you want to – the network television packages, the rivalry extends to those areas. Uh, and it's always – it's kind of thought, well, if you end up with two super conferences, that's who you'll have. The SEC, the expanded SEC – and the expanded uh, Big Ten that now goes from coast to coast. So I would uh, – I really like that. I think Penn State has a really good defense, but it hadn't faced an offense like Ole Miss's, and it hadn't faced a, a an offensive coach as creative as Lane Kiffin. So I love that matchup. And this is kind of a surprise bid for Ole Miss. I mean, they're 10-2 and two in most years. You would think that – almost locks them into a New Year's Six, but it was just a week ago that it was looking really strongly like they'd wind up in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Um, but the way some of the dominoes fell on conference championship weekend, the decisions that the selection committee made with the four teams that they did, uh, you know, pushed some, reshuffled the the chessboard a little bit and wound up with with Ole Miss in that New Year's Six. Ole Miss needs to win this game, John, to set a program record for single season victories. They've they've got ten before. Of course, they didn't play as many games in the past. They got a ten and one season, right? Had they ever go undefeated? Yeah, see. they did. I they think they were okay. like back in nineteen sixty. They were nine zero and one. Uh, you know, back back then, uh, you played fewer games. So when you say well, no Ole Miss's team has ever won 11 games. That doesn't make this the best Ole Miss football team by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. Uh, 
But it would be the high water oh, marks of like sure. what, the last fifty years. <laughs> yeah, it's Probably. it's kind of post Johnny Vaught. He was a legendary Ole Miss coach. He led it to the the very near the top of uh, college football and and sustained success there at Ole Miss. But since then, no. I, and I think to have two seasons in three years like this is quite a compliment of what Lane Kiffin's done. I don't want to offend our Ole Miss fans. They had two undefeated seasons. They won the Sugar Bowl both times. I got the records in front of me here with uh, Johnny Vaught. They, they won 10 games both times. So, yes, it doesn't surpass their greatest seasons, but uh, it would be, it would really, um, I think, kind of reshape the narrative a little bit about Kiffin because up to this point, it's been, yeah. He struggles in the big games, and he did again this year against Georgia and Alabama. It doesn't totally erase that narrative, but a win against Penn State in a bowl game, it massages that narrative a little bit, and uh, and it changes the way you remember the season, I think, if you're an Ole Miss fan, as uh, 11-2 and two with a bowl win versus 10-3. and three. I maybe I, I don't go as high as you do on the excitement meter. I'm probably like more like a, at a three level. The, the, my only reasoning there is... I've seen Penn State a couple times in the big games. Wasn't real impressed. I've seen Ole Miss a couple times in the big games. They didn't rise in the moment. Now, it could be a great game, but, you know, I feel like this is sort of the battle for, like, third or fourth place in the in the conference. But good game nonetheless. So three feels a little go low. I'll, I'll say three and a half. Uh, last one, John. Ohio State, Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. Missouri fans were a little worried, John that when they got the New Year's Six, the selection committee was going to say, congratulations, Tigers. Enjoy your game against Liberty. Missouri fans wanted, they wanted a name brand program to culminate this season. Well, they got it, and they got it in the Cotton Bowl. I think Missouri's going to treat this game like it's one of the biggest games in program history. This is going to be their Super Bowl of like the last decade, thereabouts. Uh... I don't know if Ohio State will have that that same punch, that same uh, fire in the belly there. But I can tell you, I think I think Missouri is there. This will be their national championship of the last decade, for sure. Yeah, I, and again, I've, I've got a five by this one. This this I like this one even better than the Ole Miss Penn State matchup because of how Ohio State's position is a superpower. All the talent it recruits, and here's Missouri coming out of nowhere. A team I thought would be six in the SEC East is now six New Year six bowl. So uh, I, I think that that has so much to do with bowls. What does this mean to you? And, and, and Ohio, we saw Ohio what it means to Ohio State to some degree because Kyle McCord is entering the transfer portal. Well, you can enter the transfer portal and still play. True. I yeah. mean, he's just maybe lobbying for a pay raise. True. Uh, Could be. But either way, I mean, if I'm Missouri, Kyle McCord doesn't terrify me. Uh, and, and let's remember uh, – Missouri hung in there with Georgia. That was that was a good game this year, and uh, I th- I think uh, I think it can hold its own against Ohio State. And I agree with you. I'm trying to think. Well, it played in the SEC championship games, and there was that Auburn game. I guess it was in 2013 where 
maybe where where Auburn won like 55 to 42 or something crazy score and rushed for about a million yards. Yeah, it was uh, 59 42. You're right. And that was that was the first of two years back to back. Missouri won the East. That was their better team where they had James Franklin as their quarterback. They won the East again the the next year with Matty Mock as quarterback. But it was that it was a 2013 team that went 12 and two. They won Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma State in the uh, I believe it was the Cotton Bowl then after losing to Auburn in the SEC championship. So this is their best team since then. And this will probably be their biggest game since those games and in, in that season, I think. Because again, even they won the East the following year, but it wasn't the it wasn't the same team. That was a a weaker East. They got trounced by Georgia that year. Um the, the twenty thirteen team was pretty good team. I think when you look at the coaches too, Eli Drinkwitz has nothing to lose in this game. Nothing. Ryan Day um, has a lot to lose because he's just lost to Michigan. And now if if Ohio State should lose to a program that it would look at as a lightweight, doesn't belong in our realm, uh, I think it would be fans are already dissatisfied with him because he's not beating Michigan. Now if he loses to Missouri, an SEC program, a middle – Forget this year overall, a middle-of-the-road SEC program. Uh, bad optics for Ryan Day. And, and do you think Eli Drinkwitz is going to tamp down the celebration just because Kyle McCord is in the transfer portal and a few Buckeyes might opt out? Uh-uh. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter how many Buckeyes opt out to prepare for the NFL or head off to the portal or whatever. Uh, there's – there's going to be no tamping down of Missouri's celebration if he, they were to win. This. Well, yeah, he he will make this uh, Ohio State team out to be one of the greatest teams of all times, regardless who takes the field. All right, so you're you're excited about all these, yes, New Year's Six games. Probably the yes. only thing that could excite you more, John, is maybe if Oregon State was in one of these games or something. I know you like those <laughs> the Pac-12 the Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, and I was certainly wrong about Oregon. I, I'd gotten, I'd really kind of jumped on that Oregon bad wagon, and I'm off it now. It's one thing about you you don't you don't you don't stay on past your welcome there. You're 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 hopping off those bandwagons. See ya. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we we have no picks this week, John. But I know our listeners were plugged into that contest. So the final regular season standings, I went four and two last week, John, you were two and four. I wrestled away the regular season title for you. I finished 38, 42 and one. You were 36, 43 and two. However, the playoff committee has told us, John, regular season results don't matter. None of what you saw just mattered. It wouldn't have mattered if we went undefeated or not. We're not the champs. Just a couple of losers, but we can wipe the slate clean. We'll do it again for the postseason. And and the way I look at it, I'm still the best picker. You can crown yourself whatever you want. Get myself a ring. It's a modern world. Thanks for listening to this edition of SEC Football Unfiltered.